Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the Twins. That's the end. That's all I'm going to say. Let's get to the intro now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Sorry, guys. I'm impatient. We got eight games a game. To get you to. didn't even say part two. I just said part two. Part two. We got, we got eight games to get to. Um, eight days Jason, a week. Jason, for God's sakes, you just broke. Eight you, days like, a week. I would not even be mad if people stopped listening after that. I love Honestly, you. And then that. It's like a mix of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> and the Beatles. I'm John Lennon, the lead singer of the Beatles. And the Beatles. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get into our first game, the Ravens at the Bengals. Uh, oh, the Bengals. The Bengals. Uh, let's start with the Bengals because you're not really starting anyone on the Bengals because they suck. They have a rookie quarterback now. And on top of all this, A.J. Green activated, and now he's day-to-day. As if the AJ Green saga yeah. couldn't have taken any weirder turns. It's so funny because if you go down the Roto World and you see the AJ Green updates, it's AJ Green activated. AJ Green does not practice. AJ Green day to day, within like two hours. Yeah, he was sore and he missed practice. What? Still, hopefully, he could play this weekend. He's not. Jeez, Louise. He's not gonna play. Yeah, I mean, I'm his, telling his you right now, I would be. I mean, all reports have said that he's gonna play this weekend. I right? would be shocked if AJ Green plays a game for the Bengals. Dude, he doesn't have a sprained ankle. It's a swollen ankle. If if you said AJ Green is fully healthy, he's gonna play, and then they said his ankle was swollen, you'd expect him to play. I'd be shocked. I just don't we'll think see. he's gonna play for an Owen whatever team on a, in a contract season. All I know is that I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not. I think it's unpopular because Tyler Boyd's expert consensus ranking is thirty-seven. If AJ Green plays, I think Tyler Boyd's value goes way up because Marlon Humphrey is going to be on A.J. Green instead of on Tyler Boyd. I will say this, too. Tyler Boyd has always been better with A.J. Green in the mix. Always. Yeah. He's always been better with the number one guy on the outside. That's been his M.O. for the entire his entire career. But we also got Ryan Finley making his first career start this week, so not an easy task going up against Baltimore, your first, uh, first game starting in the NFL. I'm not... I'm not trying to start anybody here besides who I have to. I have to start Tyler Boyd in the league, so I'm going to. Joe Mixon, I'm not interested in really starting Joe Mixon either. You might be forced into it. You might have to. Just because of the, the bye weeks that we're not dealing exciting. with here. But, yeah, um, Joe Mixon I have as more of a flex play, but you, there's really no upside at this point. I have him at 29. He finally had a solid game last week. He actually put up uh, over 16 half PPR fantasy points, but... Even that was kind of bleh. He just got a lot of touches. 17 rushes, only 66 yards, or less than four yards a carry. Four receptions went for 11 yards. He just happened to find the end zone. He happened to find the end zone in back-to-back weeks. I don't know if it's going to happen again against Baltimore, who has a very good run defense. So it's slim pickings for the Cincinnati offense. Baltimore defense is the number one defense this week. I got to say this. Jason, get ready for Michael to get mad at me. Uh-oh. One guy I like this week, Tyler Eifert. What? I uh, here's why I like him. Why? Why? why backup quarterbacks. Jason, I think Jason would get more mad at you. Backup, yeah. Why? Like what? Backup quarterbacks look for their safety blanket tight ends. This is a common theme, and Tyler Eifert 
is in a position against a defense that is really good against these other positions, they're 23rd in DVOA against tight ends. So it's the weakness of the of the Ravens, plus it's a backup quarterback looking for a safety blanket. I think Tyler Eifert possibly falls into the end zone this week. I honestly think that you took me from 0% to negative 3%. <laughs> There's no way I'm starting Tyler Eifert, man. I mean, I mean, if you got like, to, I, do, I, I, I think there's worse plays. I think there's worse plays. I just I'm don't start Tyler. I'm a rookie quarterback make his first start ever. I get the bad quarterback, rookie quarterback, whatever. Throws to tight ends, backup players, backup wide receivers. But come on, Tyler Eifert. You, you can't be a safety blanket if you're not even on the field all the time. CJ Zoma's on the field too. So that's not not a good not a good one right there. I uh, mean, you could uh, throw some dart throws out there. I just, I just don't agree. I think it's a dart. <laughs> I'm not saying stardom. I'm just saying if you have this, there could be worse options this week. Um, let's go to the Ravens sideline because now we're talking about a team who probably will put up some. Raven. Jason, do you have the spread in front of you? Uh, yes. Is it the 14-point favorite Ravens on the road? Ravens are a 10-point favorite. 14 is a bit much. I, I, I think they're going to win by a lot. Uh, Lamar Jackson, after whooping that That's ass. me licking my chops over Lamar Jackson this yeah, year. Yeah, he, he, he whooped the Patriots. And I started Tom Brady over here in one of my leagues. Luckily, I put up 150 points in that league anyway, so it didn't really bother me. But, dude, he whooped the Patriots, and now he's playing a team that he could easily whoop. Lamar Jackson's got to be the number one quarterback this week. I mean, I'm I'm playing against Jason this week, which is tremendous. Um, Lamar Jackson, the three games this year where he's played the worst teams in the league against quarterbacks, Miami, Arizona, and Cincy, he put up 34, 31, and 31. Oh, my God. Jizz on 31 me. against Cincy. He's Jizz getting Cincy again now. He's It's on the road. I don't think that matters at all. Um, so, yeah, he's the number one QB this week. Uh, you got to like Mark Andrews in this in this matchup. No? You know, I do have one thing to say about Mark Andrews, and that it's I totally nailed the stock down with Mark Andrews. Totally nailed it. Again, Lamar Jackson in the press conference at the end said he was like, they were asking him about the game. He said, oh, man, I really missed this one to Mark Andrews. And that was a 40-yard pass down the field. All right. Where he missed happen. him, but he was Jeez. open. I was right. Just again, get over targeted it. for a big game. It's not connecting, but it's going to get there. And I think this game is going to be there. I think Mark Andrews okay. has a big game. For the Listen, last people six thought games. Mark Andrews was going to be this year's George Kittle. Yeah, and it's not. Since, since week two, he's put up 11 twice and lower everything else. So. Yeah. Michael has a point, my man. Over All right, he's not George Kittle. Over 45 yards once in the last six games. This is why I, when I said stock down on Mark Andrews, I said it's because they're going to start running with Lamar Jackson more and get back to that type of offense, and that's what happened. That is one thing to worry about. So, Lamar Jackson is running more, but I think yeah. that they're going to take him out of out of that mix, out of the, the, the injury-type mix here, and they might mix up the offense a little bit. Um, Marquise Brown also back. Are you giving him a, a dart throw here? Uh, Cincinnati's actually last week. He played well, last week. Yeah. He's supposed to. But he's like, back now. Be ready, like ready, ready to go this week. Uh, he mixed it and out last week. But yeah, I mean, he's more of a boom bust wide receiver three this week against Cincy. Cincy has actually been not terrible uh, against wide receivers in fantasy this year, and he's been very up and down. Like you said last week, he came back, but I mean, he went three for forty eight. Although that did lead the team in yards against New England. I think he, I don't want to trust him if I'm a two if I'm a team that starts two wide receivers. But third wide receiver or flex spot, I'd be I'd be willing to take the shot. I was my thirty third wide receiver this week. Jason, who, where are you on Mark Ingram this week? 
Uh, I just want to say real quick, Marquise Brown, higher true throw val- target value than Mark Andrews. Both pretty high, but that's interesting. pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets a lot more yards per throw per catch, so I would imagine. Are, are you referencing air yards? Too? I am referencing air yards <laughs> that get completed. How about that? So not, just, passes. not just incomplete passes. On the topic of Mark Ingram, similar to Mark Andrews, look like a stud to be in season, has been a decent RB2, nothing more. Uh, the rest of the season, but against Cincinnati, let me lick my chops. He only scored 14 against them week six, but Mark Ingram is going to score a touchdown this week. Like if I wonder what his odds are to score a touchdown. Because if it's like anything more than plus 100 or something, you should drop your entire life savings on it. Put the deed of your house on it. Because Mark Ingram is going to score a touchdown. The deed of your house. The deed of your house. How about this? Indeed. All right, let's move on to our next game. The Cardinals at the Buccaneers. Um, Jameis Winston has been a good player in fantasy. Not so good in real life. So let's go to the Buccaneers uh, offense to start. Guys. Mike Evans has been a fucking monster. Yep. And not only that, he's been seeing he's had the highest target share of any wide receiver for the three straight weeks. He's had over a third of his team's targets, and he's been absolutely going in. Mike Evans has been a ridiculous monster. I don't expect that to change against the Cardinals, even though Patrick Peterson is on him. Yeah. Patrick um, Peterson, sorry, looked like a bum last week. I mean, like, it was his first game like- back. Nah, he looked like he needs PEDs to he be a good He was slow. Player. He was yeah. It was it was pretty it was pretty bad. But yeah, dude, Mike Evans. This is why I loved Mike Evans as a late second, early third round pick at his ADP this year. It didn't look great to start the season, but boy, has that changed. Um, besides that complete donut against New Orleans Week Five, which was strange to say the least. Since Week Three, he's had at least eighty nine yards in every single game. Uh, every game except one, at least eight receptions, 198 yards and 188 and 180 yards back to back weeks. He's been an absolute stud. Like Jason said, Patrick Peterson has looked bad. Uh, well, looked bad his first week back. I have Evans and Godwin as two and four this week. One of them's gonna go completely off, and one of them's gonna have a solid game. Can you see not? Can you not see a scenario where both of them go completely off? Kind of possible. Like Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay last week, where they both put up 25 points. I can see that happen. Both happening. Both of these teams are past first uh, run a lot of play teams going against each other with bad defenses. It's a recipe for success in the fantasy football world. Jason, how do you feeling about this? It's going to be a smorgasbord of fantasy points. Also, another interesting player in in this game is Ronald Jones because Bruce Arians said that he's going to start and that he's earned more touches. Last week, we saw that we went over this in the review episode pretty distinctly, but Ronald Jones set to get way more touches and the start. He's a guy that I've been kind of on the bandwagon of going forward and forward and forward. And if you look back into the history, around week 10 is where Bruce Arians finally handed over the keys from Chris Johnson to David Johnson in that year where David Johnson, the year before David Johnson was the best fantasy player of all time. And he rewarded that. Now it's kind of Ronald Jones' turn. I like this matchup for him. Arizona has not been good against the pass catcher um, out of the backfield. 29th in the league against the pass catcher out of the backfield. And well, that's Agenbawale. Sure, but Ronald Jones also works in the passing game. He works. He works with he more yeah. in between the tackles. Obviously, he's more of a runner. But they haven't been good against the run either. 
I like Ronald Jones in this matchup. Uh, Ronald Jones has two zero one two targets. I mean receptions the last few games. Right, so, so he'll get a target or two. He'll yeah. get a look or two. I I like Ronald Jones this week as well as a back end RB two flex play. I mean, because there's a few teams on buys, and if you look at who's around him in the expert consensus rankings, Jamal Williams, Latavius Murray. Like, come on, it's gonna be mad funny that people start Latavius Murray if Alvin Kamara comes back this week. I mean, I think uh, he would have a a role. No, you're bugging. There's no First way anyone should Latavius Murray. But either way, Rojo, yeah. Rojo. Uh, I'd start over Joe Mixon. So, I he's it's, there. It's gonna be a high scoring affair. Or even if it's not high scoring, it's going to be a lot of yards, a lot of plays, a lot of rush attempts, a lot of completions. Yeah. I like this. I like this game. The upside is kind of capped just because of the pass catching work going to Agamawale, but he's a clear number one rusher now. So that's good for Arnold Jones owners. And I have him at 24th this week, still not entirely sold, but yeah, there you go. Ronald Jones should be at least a solid, a very good fill-in if you have... One of the big guys on by. OJ Howard's back. Any interest in him? Get OJ Howard off this program. <laughs> what about uh, <laughs> what about uh, Jameis Winston? You're interested in streaming him this week. Famous Jameis is in a tremendous streaming. Spot. Absolutely. What are you yeah. talking about? Oh well, yeah, he hasn't been a streamer in years. Tim, get with the program. He's not an every week starter. He's not on waiver wires, bro. An absolutely every week starter. Since week three, 27, 30, 17, 17, 21, 20. And have you seen his schedule down the stretch? It's glorious. He's 88% owned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stand corrected. Idiot. So stupid. Arizona Good giving more. up the so most dumb. fantasy points to quarterbacks. Jameis Winston's a great play this week. I have as my QB4. Um, let's go to the other side. Uh, the Bucks defense has been great against the run. Tremendous. Not so great against the pass. So let's start Terrible. with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has been surprisingly a very good fantasy option this week. I mean this year. Uh, I think well, that I wouldn't continues say very his... good. He's been very good. I mean, he's not spectacular. I disagree. What makes you disagree? I mean, he has games with 16, 17, 7, 10. You were just... Am I, am I saying he's lighting the world on fire? You no, said he's very been a... good. He's yeah, not he's very good he's been a very good, good option. option. He also he has, has games with 30. I'll fight you till the death. He has not <laughs> been a very good option. I would not option. use the adjective very. And he has, did not have a single game with 30. He got to 29. Oh, that's 29. It. You said he's also put up 30. All right, he put up 29. And then he's 23 has been and 24. I mean, power. Yo, he's been good. He just hasn't been very good. All right. More passes. Fine. He's been good. What on earth are you guys talking about? <laughs> SpongeBob, bro. Oh, my God. I hate you guys. More I, I passes. You. I legitimately when, hate you. When they said Rudolph right back in the day, bro, I tweeted it. Rudolph's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Back when uh, Rudolph got the job, you just you just he just changed it. No, I didn't. Yes, he did. He changed it. Said Rudolph. You said Rudolph. We're gonna have to listen again. <laughs> Jeez Louise. When Juju, when they said they're gonna feed Juju more, I tweeted the picture of SpongeBob going nuts with the more passes, and it got love. Oh, right, I've been great right. on Twitter. All right, the last few, uh, the last week with like three. Are top you done notch sucking jokes. yourself? Are you ready to go? I'm a hoot. Um, Cardinals. Obviously, good matchup here. I'm starting Kyler Murray. He's a QB1 for me. I'd also like to start Christian Kirk. So, with that being said, how do you feel about Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, and the rest of the pass catchers for the Cardinals? Schmishton Schmirk is a great play this week, and I don't know why I decided to say Schmishton Schmirk, but uh, if you look at what he's done this season, he's been very productive. 
especially in standard, not so much. He's been very frustrating in standard for all the catches he's had. But PPR, half PPR, has been very productive. And the only concern is Kyler Murray hasn't been throwing as much recently. Uh, if you look at his pass attempts, where am I for a second? Uh, I'm losing it. If you look at his pass attempts recently, 21, 33, 24. It's far from the 54 and 40 we saw in the That's beginning very of the season. True. Uh, but I think that Christian Kirk is the safest option there with Larry Fitzgerald creeping into wide receiver three range. Let's talk, know. let's talk about this running situation then, because you have Kenyon Drake, who had Real a big quick, game. Though, Christian Kirk, I have as my wide receiver 12. So I'm very high on Christian Kirk this week. Talking about the running back situation. David Johnson had a big game last week. I mean, I'm sorry. Kenyon Drake had a big game last week, but David Johnson says he's 100% healthy, ready to go. Can't get started. What do you do with Kenyon Drake? If you're a Kenyon Drake owner and can you trust David Johnson? Cause this is a very good run defense. This, Look, this, I don't really know how you're supposed to go about this. It's not like anyone who says they have any idea what's going to happen, they're lying. All right? Like, you got people out there, the fantasy analysts, like, oh, this is what you got to do. You're lying. You don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. I have them ranked 22 and 26. What I assume is going to happen is they're going to split work with David Johnson getting most of it. But Tampa Bay is not a, I mean, is a very good uh, rushing defense, so it's going to need to be through the air as well, most of their work. We saw, this is like why the Seahawks are so good despite having a bad team, because they realize that the uh, the Buccaneers are great on the ground, so they let Russell Wilson throw the ball 50 times last week instead of sticking with what they usually do in running the ball. Teams need to adjust. I expect them to throw the ball a lot this week against Tampa, so they're going to need to find the end zone through the air if they want to be viable. It helps with PPR um, uh, starting them in PPR because they should get a few receptions each. But I wouldn't be shocked if Kenyon Drake ends with one touch. I wouldn't be shocked if Kenyon Drake ends with 18 touches. I mean, on the same page as you, I, I don't know how to break down this backfield. I do know that if I have David Johnson, I'm starting him, though. I have him at 22 this week. It's I'm very iffy about it with the way things have been going with David Johnson. Tampa's been against fantastic Tampa against Bay, the running man, back. Yeah, but... They're going to pass a lot. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and the the running back is going to catch passes. Number two in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield is Tampa Bay. They've just been fantastic against running backs in general. Even uh, bottled up Christian McCaffrey. going to be too much game. volume in this game. Let's go over to our next game, the Lions. The Lions and Tigers and Lions. Bears minus Tigers. Oh, my. The Lions at the Bears. The Bears have been an absolute shit show. Good job, Tim, saying Mitch Trubisky MVP. That's probably the worst take you've ever had. Jay, remember uh, when we said the Bears aren't actual Super Bowl contenders and Timmy went off on us? The Bears. I, I mean, outside of terrible quarterback play, they are Super Bowl contenders, though. Oh, the most important position? Yeah, right? I mean... That was the reason why we said they're not real Super Bowl contenders. Listen... You don't got to... I already admitted defeat. You don't have to rub it in. Okay? It's so weird saying, like, talking shit about Mitch Trubisky and you not going OD hard against it. Like, you're just kind of just accepting it, it. Look, I... How much more could I say? He's terribly mismanaged. And he's not the player they want him to be. And until they give him an offense like Josh Allen has, like Lamar Jackson has, like even Russell Wilson has it, earlier in his career, he's never going to succeed. It, it, he has 49... Rushing yards, bro. 49. He had almost 300 this time last year. You're taking away the guy's best abilities to throw on the run, to make plays. That's what he is. He's a playmaker. And they're just putting him in the pocket and telling him to be an accurate passer, which he's not. But with that being said, they had nine total yards against the worst secondary in the league last week. So there's not much you can expect. But 
David Montgomery continues to play well, got in the end zone twice, and the Lions, because Snacks forgot how to play football, Lions. and that team continues to be injured on the defensive line, have been one of the worst rush defenses in the league when they're anticipated to be one of the best rush defenses in the league. So with that being said, I do like David Montgomery in this matchup. How do you feel about him? Montgomery's day last week was saved by touchdowns, but you can't hate it because guess what? He got the touchdowns. He's the goal line back. He's getting the line share of the touches now. He has 48 touches over the last two weeks. Ever since Matt Nagy said, I'm not an idiot. I know we need to run more. It's been all aboard the David Montgomery train in Chicago for better or worse. And he at least has been a, it's been a significant upgrade for fantasy purposes, 23 and 21 in back-to-back weeks. Detroit's a tremendous matchup here, and I don't see why they don't just keep handing him the rock even more. He's a rock-solid RB2 this week. Did you see what you did there, kid? You said he's going to get the Lions share. What a bunch. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, What about these pass catchers, Jason? Oh, fuck out, Robinson, man. What did I say last week? Let me let me run know, it back right? real quick. <laughs> I'll be damned <laughs> if I rank Allen Robinson 14. <laughs> That's basically what you said. And you know what? He put up one. One point. One catch for six yards. He's been Crazy. decent this year, though. Is there something to no, be said about that? Be damned. <laughs> he was good for two games. He had a two good a good stretch for two games. Now he's had three games over 15 half PPR points in his career as a Bear. Hoogly, Still hoogly. not a lot. All right, so now uh, that we're done with Jason's portion of the hating on Allen Robinson part, Michael, is he a flex play for you or wide receiver three play? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. But, I mean, you want to know what his expert consensus rankings this week? Something ridiculous. Wide receiver 12. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, dude, I'll be damned. Come on. I'll be damned as well. I'll be damned. <laughs> Jason, nice Cornell. I have him at I, wide receiver I, I 26. I was that earlier. And it, funny thing is when um, in Fantasy Pros, when you're doing your rankings, when you click to publish your rankings – it tells you if someone's like if there's a big discrepancy between someone yeah. compared to expert like, consensus are you rankings sure? in case you move them by accident or something and that happened for Allen Robinson like are you sure cuz I had him at 27 and the expert consensus ranking is 12 and I was like absolutely that actually helped me because I was scrolling and I accidentally xed out Chris Godwin last week and they were like are you sure you want to take Godwin off this list I'm oh, like yeah, it's no a, I'm not it's a handy tool yeah <laughs> Their ins and outs tool is also great. Shout out to Fancy Pros. They have a good they have a good website out there. Um so no one else in the Bears that you're considering starting. Taylor Taylor Gabriel. Trey Burton's no. a joke. Trey Burton's He's a joke. He's still not fully healthy, apparently. Anthony Miller can't get zero last week. Not starting Taylor Gabriel. So let's go over to the Lions side. The Lions have been fantastic and particularly their passing well, game has been fantastic. Defense. Well, their offense, excuse me, has been fantastic. Matt Stafford, even though he's playing a Bears team that has been superb against the quarterback, is still a start here. You know, usually I wouldn't want to start a quarterback against Chicago, but I have Matt Stafford as my QB 12 this week. It's just like, are they going to be able to run it down Chicago's throats? No, even though Chicago sucks against the run, because they don't really have anyone to do that. It's going to be Bo Scarborough coming in off the street, not J.H.I. Shout out J.H.I. Is it going to be Ty Johnson? Is it going to be uh, J.D. McKissick? I highly doubt it. And Matt Stafford has thrown for at least 342 yards each of the last three weeks, at least three touchdowns in that span. Like 30, 24, and 26. He's been a top five uh, QB. He's been a stud this whole season. 19 touchdowns to five intos. 
Yes, it's a very difficult matchup for him, but if the Lions are going to stand the chance, they're going to need to score, and it's going to be through the air with Matt Stafford. So I have him as my QB 12. Jason, if Matt Stafford's going to have a big game, he's going to have to throw to somebody. Do you like these wide receivers? Yeesh. What's not to like? They're both they're basically digs and feeling of last season. Uh, in true throw value, Galladay's ninth and Marvin Jones is twelfth. That's because Matt Stafford has been a stud. And those two have been the biggest beneficiaries. And I believe that in a week filled with uh, buys, if you're looking for a little boost here, I know it's not a, the best matchup, but Danny Amendola, twenty first in true throw value, his fantasy points should be more than we've seen. Uh they might try to attack with shallow routes instead of running the ball against the Bears. I'm cool with him as a flex play this week. And Buster's screen in the slot is not scaring there. anybody. I mean, I think there is some dud potential here with the wide receivers, though, man. Chicago's been great against the outside receivers. But if you have them, you're likely playing them as a wide receiver, as wide receiver twos. Marvin Jones, more wide receiver three. I think TJ Hawkinson is someone that is interesting because Chicago's been bad against the, the tight end this week, this year. They're averaging 72 yards a game against the tight end. And TJ Hawkinson has been involved in this offense. I think TJ Hawkinson has a chance to be a oh, tight end one this week. Man, TJ Hawkinson hasn't been good since week one. Yeah, he was supposed to go off last week against Oakland, too. He went three for 56, which is serviceable, I suppose. But, I mean. In PPR leagues, it's eight points out of your tight end. You're taking that. That's the best week he's had. It's his third best week all season. Outside of week one where he went off, he's been atrocious. So, I don't see how you could trust him. His expert consensus ranking is tight end 8, which is what I find hilarious. I'm probably going to have him somewhere around tight end 11. I don't know, man. He's been atrocious outside of one week. Um, Let's go. Well, let's talk about this backfield then. Bo Scarborough was added, like you said, not JJ. And then you got J.D. McKissick, who had a big game last week with the touchdown. He didn't have a big game. He scored a touchdown. That's it. He had 16 points. That's a giant game for J.D. McKissick. Stop shitting on McKissick, Michael. I know, right? What the fuck? <laughs> Jason, uh, you know what? Thank God you're here, Jason. Let's, let's talk you some sentences. a giant game. Let's talk some sentences of this, man. 70 yards <laughs> and a touchdown is not a giant game. Dude, 70 yards and a touchdown you're happy with. Very happy with. Yes, but Timmy said he had a giant game. In his standards, in J.D. McKissick's standards, it's the best game he's ever had. It's probably true. And it's the first game where he got that many looks. It's not a coincidence. So, Jason... Talk some sense into this man. Uh, against Chicago, my man. <laughs> I mean, he still only had uh, seven touches, so you know. Sound like take it easy, my dudes. But uh, <laughs> oh, Big Mouth is a great show. Listen, we can't. Can we trust JD McKissick here? Like, if you look at the people around him in the typical rankings. All right, Michael. Here's something for you. If we're looking for upside, right? Because I like to go for upside. Yep. Yep. And J.D. McKissick does offer upside, especially if we don't think the Lions are going to run against the Bears because the Bears' run defense isn't great, but they just don't really run. So okay. they might try to attack through the air instead, which supports okay. J.D. McKissick. So you'd rather start Kalen Balage yes. than J.D. McKissick? No yeah. way. Ty Johnson's going to get the bulk of the carries, and that's how you beat Chicago on the ground. You'd rather like start I Tariq said, they're going to need to pass, but they're not going to be passing to the running back a lot, I don't think. Tariq I'd Cohen. rather start Tariq Cohen against Detroit. Yes, Detroit has been the worst team against running backs out of the backfield, pass-catching-wise. I, I think McKissick's a decent flex play this week. Going forward, he could end up being a decent flex play the rest of the season. I agree. 
Um, let's go to our next game. I prefer Ty Johnson to J.D. McKissick this week. The Dolphins at the Colts is our next game. Uh, let's talk about this a little bit because the Dolphins actually put up some points last week. Shout out to Preston Williams. He's missing the season. But shout out to you. Und- un- we we have soft spots in our hearts for UDAs, undra- UDFAs. UDFAs, undrafted free agents. Um, shout out to you. Get well soon. Um, but let's take a look Preston. at the, the Dolphins at the Colts. I got a question for you guys. Zach Pascal against Miami yeah, or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk. Jason? Kirk. Kirk. All right. I'm asking for a friend's brother. Although we pals. love Pascal. I think I'm going to go Pascal over Kirk, man. Just have a feeling. Man, Jay, you got to go on Twitter or something and flex OD hard about Zach Pascal. I see yeah, all I these victory the laps on Twitter. Episode. I saw you say in the review episode that I'm like the only person on earth that always said star Pascal Hilton is out. I, I think it's true. I yeah. might be the only person on earth. So tell us why, Jay. And it's always right. That's why. People think too much about things. Just because his name isn't Hilton. He's still the number one receiver on the Colts when Hilton is out. He slots right into that role, and nothing changes. It's as simple as that. So guess what? Nothing's going to change. His ceiling isn't as high as T.Y. Hilton, but he's going to see six targets, seven targets. He's going to catch the balls that go for a decent amount of points because those are the balls that T.Y. Hilton gets thrown to him. As long as T.Y. Hilton is out, especially against Miami, are you kidding me? You're starting Zach Pascal. I agree. Against Miami, this is about as glorious a matchup as you could get. His expert consensus rankings, wide receiver 28 right now. I don't understand it. I have met wide receiver 19. Like, I'm firing him up happily as a wide receiver 2 this week against Miami. The only caveat here is that if it's Brian Hoyer, I'll move him down. If it's Jacoby I was about to Brissett, say, I think Brian Hoyer might even be a better option for him. Really? You're, you're annoying. I your just hatred don't for think Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's not a good quarterback. He's a decent... He's a game manager, nothing more. I think that Brian Hoyer is more of a gunslinger who's willing to throw the ball around. I mean, that's true. Uh, and I think that, I mean, in his limited time, I have him all the way at the bottom with some asterisks because he barely played last week, but highest true throw value in the league. Brian Hoyer? <laughs> no, pretty hilarious. Yeah. Brian he Hoyer in, in his in uh, Brissett's stead. I mean, he came in and threw a touchdown on that drive. Yeah, Brian yeah. Hoyer and Brandon Allen are number one and number two overall. <laughs> true throw value, which is great. Shout out to that's them. why we wait for sample sizes. Exactly. Um, and obviously, yeah. Russell Wilson's actually number one because he's the tro- true throw king. Let's talk about the Boy, Colts. Three touchdowns, guys. Let's talk about the he rest did. of the Colts. Okay, everyone listening. Let's talk about them. Marlon Mack is an obvious start here. Agreed. Do you think Naheem Hines is a start here? Let's wait real quick. Marlon Mack. Not only is he facing the Dolphins. It's, it's his also, on week. It's also his on week. So you got to fire him up, although I hate the guy. <laughs> if you guys don't know what the Twins are talking about with the on week, he has one on week, one off week, one on week, and that's how it's been all year. Good, yep. bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. It's a good week. Look, at this point, if you're trusting Naheem Hines, your team is probably doing very bad. I mean, there's a lot but of buys. There is. It's just I haven't met running back 36, so I'm I'm not saying he's a terrible play. I'm also not saying go grab Naheem Hines and start him by yeah. any means. All right. Yes, that's very true. Um, what about the other pass catching options? Uh, what about the tight ends? Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron. How do you feel about them, Jay? Uh, I mean, like their options, right? The tight end landscape isn't nice. Their names that we know that we wish were better. But you guys said it on the review episode, look, if they were one person, then they'd be a great start. But there are two people, two people who just 
eat off each other and get three catches a game. And I know it's Miami, so one of them might find the end zone. Both of them might find the end zone. Uh, and you might end up having to start them because if you look around, I'd rather start either of them over Mike Kosicki, honestly, over TJ Hawkinson at this point, over Vance McDonald. So I agree. you basically are starting both of them at this point, and it's have, not very exciting. Guys. I have Ebron and Doyle as ten and eleven. I have a, I have a idea for a new daily fantasy website. Don't steal this, everyone. If you're listening, listen to this. You pick, you pick like units. So like, I pick the Indianapolis Colts wide receivers. I pick the Indianapolis Colts quarterbacks. So you don't have to click the actual player. And so you have to, like, know more. Like, you can't just have one guy go off. You need two guys to go off. You know what I mean? I think it's mm. a good idea. I think it's fun. Um, mm. Let's go over to the Dolphin side. Any carryover here? Are you starting Balazs? Let's start with who would you... You're not starting anyone on the Dolphins if you have to, but who would you start? What, Jay? Devontae quick. Parker looks like a good, good option. Any streaming appeal for Brian Hoyer? If he plays, I mean, you have I to. I wouldn't want to. You have to consider anyone against the Dolphins. I I'd mean, consider him more than Brissett, honestly. I know you guys think I'm crazy. Dude, but what I mean, are I know you you're saying crazy. right now? I know man. you're crazy. probably That's, not going to start him. Stupid. You're an annoying man sometimes. <laughs> All right, how much you guys want to bet Brian Hoyer would score more hypothetical points than Jacoby Brissett? <laughs> Devontae Parker. <Tim>. Thank <laughs> I'll you. I'll move on from that annoying. How about this? How about this? How about this? I'm willing to make a bet. How, what's what's Jacoby Brissett's projected score on Yahoo? Uh, why do you think I had know that off the top of my head? Right, probably nineteen point five two. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's, it's probably, probably nineteen point five. Projected score is seventeen point six two. I will. Oh, Hoyer's gonna beat that. You want to bet if Hoyer beats that? Yeah, my bet down. Let's bet that. <sighs> you make me write this bullshit ass bet down. <laughs> um, uh, I, but I don't even want to bet that honestly. But I'm just going to because I think that Hoyer would beat that because it's Miami. But like you were just saying, Jason, it. shut up, <laughs> Jason. Kaylin Balaj. No, I was on Devontae Parker. So oh, Devontae Parker. There. My bad. Go ahead. Talk about Balaj if you'd like. Uh, the thing is, Preston Williams is out. Uh, and unfortunately, but he was 36th and true. Target value this season. Preston oh, Williams was. Devontae I want to Parker say Preston was so bad. <laughs> Preston. So Preston Williams was getting more valuable targets, and now those are going to go to Devontae Parker because who else is there to replace it? And we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick's always been a two-wide receiver guy. Uh, maybe Albert Wilson will be a little bit more involved now or something like that. Who knows because he's not really a perimeter guy, and Fitz likes his perimeter receivers. But Devontae Parker's been pretty productive recently. Nice floor, not necessarily a ceiling, but he's been pretty valuable, more like a Mike Williams type. And now with Preston Williams out, his ceiling jumps a little bit higher. I'd start him over Mike Williams. So it's not a – Indy's not the hardest matchup in the world either. I was looking looking back at some old tweets. I can't remember why, but that douchebag fantasy mansion, you know know him? Yeah. He was Albert Wilson's number one supporter this this offseason. He was all over oh, yeah. the Albert you Wilson train. Should call him train. out. That guy's a fucking moron. I hate yeah, that yeah. guy. He's a he's an asshole. Asshole. Uh, uh, <laughs> Michael, you're up. You know what he does? Why? Do you know why? Do you know he's an asshole? Because he takes these kids who are just starting in the fantasy industry and he re- he quote tweets them and he makes fun of them. Oh yeah, he's a he's a like suck our balls, bro. Yeah. Like we've been in this industry. We've we're there. Like you can make fun of us, whatever. He was making fun of these eighteen year old kids who are like making these Twitter handles and don't really know what they're talking about. Like yo. 
fuck are you? Honestly, because you have a cartoon on your fucking avatar, get out of here. <laughs> oh, anyway, <laughs> good. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna buoy off what Jason said. Devontae Parker, I have as my wide receiver twenty seven. Fitzpatrick throws to his big weapons. Devontae Parker is his big weapon. He's been successful so far this season doing that, and he's basically the only real option left. Mike Kosicki might get a little bit of a tick up with Preston Williams down. He's been on the rise since the beginning of the season, definitely on the stock up section if this was the review episode, but still tough to trust him this week, of course. He still hasn't scored a touchdown or anything like that. And those are really... Kasiki's an interesting streaming option, but Parker's the only one I really want to start. Balazs is an interesting flex play, but Indy doesn't allow big plays, really, and they're solid on the ground. It's just... It's so ugly to start anyone in this game. Even Devontae Parker's kind of ugly, but he's more than likely going to have a solid game as he's been doing all season. Let's go over to our next game, the Panthers at the Packers. One of the most underrated units in the league this year has been the Panthers' defense. They've been phenomenal against the pass. With that being said, it's Devontae Adams getting the passing work, and then everyone else is kind of just like, bleh. So that you're obviously starting Devontae Adams despite the fact that they've been very good against the number one receiver. Across the board, DVOA against the number one receiver, five. Number two, nine. Against the slot receiver, they're number one. Against the tight end, they're 12. And against the running back, they're 12. They've literally given up nothing on the in the air. And that's a shout-out because they've been, they've been running out those same corners for the last few years, ever since they traded Josh Norman and had those rookie corner, that rookie corner fiasco after Josh Norman. They've stuck with them, and James Bradbury has turned into a pretty damn good corner. Finally. Yeah. So... With that being said, how do you feel about the Packers' pass catchers in this game? Carolina's defense has been one of the best units in the league. As you said, they've been great against the pass as well. If you're starting anyone not named Devontae Adams, you're doing fantasy football wrong. That's how I feel. At this point, you can't start MVS. You can't start Allison. Even with the buys, you have better options. Alan Lazard maybe as a flex option to go three for 42, as he's done the last three weeks. Basically, that same exact stat line. Possibly. But, I mean, it's all Devontae Adams here if if you're looking for wide receiver options in Green Bay. Do you guys remember when in the Packers heat wave? Who wants to end this sentence? Jason said, maybe the answer to which number two receiver should I draft is none. I wanted Michael to say that because I want to say something else. Aaron Rodgers, guys. Came back down to earth. 13 last week. He did come back down to earth. 13? I don't know. It looks a lot less nice now when you look at what he's done recently because now there's a 9 and a 13 with a couple of nice games sandwiched in between. A 19, a 44, and a 27. And the 19 is 44. a decent number. Jeez. So, yeah, he had that 44-point game. He had that 27-point game. Carolina's a tough defense, man. They are. I don't see myself ranking Aaron Rodgers higher than 8th or something of that sort. They've also been uh, solid against the tight end, so it's not like you trust Jimmy Graham either. Um, where would you say you have Aaron Rodgers? I, I have I Aaron Rodgers sixth. I'm probably going to have him a little lower than that. I don't see myself ranking him higher than eighth. Probably behind Murray and Ryan. That's I have Rodgers, Murray, Ryan. All right. So, yeah. I, I think that's a, the fair, fair spot. What about the running back combo? Aaron Jones had a rare dud. Last week, only put up three points. Jamal Williams continues to kill. Can you start both of these guys? I think both these guys are startable this week. I'm not super worried about what happened last week because the whole Packers offense 
as a whole was trash last week. So it's not like one of them played well and the other one didn't compared to all these guys. All of them played pretty bad. So I'm just putting that to the side, and I'm firing up Aaron Jones as RB1 once again. I have him as my RB6 this week. He's had a couple games like this this season, which is annoying, of course, but Carolina is a great matchup here for him. Uh, Jamal Williams has been great as well. Found the end zone again last week. This guy apparently finds the end zone every week now. Uh, four straight weeks with a touchdown. He's been very useful. I have him as my RB25, uh, so right there in low-end running back to uh, high-end flex territory. They're both definitely startable assets, but Aaron Jones, I think, has obviously has a higher ceiling, and I think he, he could have a big bounce-back game this week if uh, if he gets more involved in the passing game and gets a lot of rushing work. How do you feel about Jamal Williams, Jason? I love it all. The rain, because I think the rain slows everybody else down. So I feel like, uh, I got to say, I feel like a mermaid. <laughs> I feel like a mermaid and everybody else like dog swimming. You know what I mean? So I'll be feeling like I'm just fluent out there. So I think it's the rain. I feel like SpongeBob. How you feel about SpongeBob this week? Oh, man. I feel like SpongeBob. Yo, he has five touchdowns in his last four games. Is it ever since that clip, maybe, he's been doing this? Who knows? Uh can't really argue with SpongeBob at this point, but I still can't trust him as more than a flex play. Uh, he just doesn't see enough looks. In the last three games, seven touches, ten touches, eight touches. I'm not going to bet on that. You wouldn't start him in your flex? No, I said it's I said it's. Cool I will be starting him in one of my player. league's flex spots. I will be starting him. So that gives you a hint of whether I feel like he's flex worthy. I definitely do. Um. Yeah, I think, I think he's startable. How about Jimmy Graham? What do you guys feel about Jimmy Graham? Nah, he's a dart throw man. Like he has games yeah. where he's good. Like he's not like last year where he sucked every game. Carolina's tough though, and he he's been worse. He's been more bad than good of late. That's been true. That's true. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to trust him. All right, let's go over to the Panther side. Cam Newton hits the IR. They're talking about him. Being it's la- his last game of his career, the Panthers posted something on Instagram, and Cam Newton with. Have you ever seen Cam Newton post on Instagram, guys? He uses uh, like know. symbols as letters, like similar symbols. To, no, but it's every letter. It's crazy. Like That's he puts annoying. mad work into text, but he. So he said, like, Carolina and Charlotte will always be in my heart. This isn't the end for me, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like he expects like his time is over in Carolina. So interesting developments out of there. It's going to be interesting to see where Cam Luton lands. But with that being said, obviously this season it's over. So Kyle Allen, is it's a go time for Kyle Allen. Um, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel has been on fire. Touchdowns in his last two games. How do we feel about DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel catching passes? I don't love Kyle him this week. Allen. I don't hate him. Go ahead, Jay. Kyle Allen's twentieth in true throw value. He's he's capable. He's been staying up there a little bit, like enough to keep those guys relevant. DJ Moore's twentieth. Curtis Samuel's thirtieth. I think that's where they've been most of the season in terms of how you want to start them. Both don't offer the highest ceilings though, and both have pretty low floors. They're never going to be guys I'm excited about starting. Yeah, um, against Green Bay too. Jair Alexander and company, they've had some bad games. They've also had some great games. They've been overall a tough matchup for opposing wide receivers. They're both 
both these guys, Moore and Samuel and half PPR, are likely going to get you in between 10 and 15, which is totally serviceable, but they just don't have that boom aspect to their game fantasy-wise. Maybe it's Kyle Allen. Maybe it's just they don't have that. It's just that offense. It runs through Christian McCaffrey, man. Christian McCaffrey is on pace to have the greatest fantasy season of all time, literally more than like LaDainian Tomlinson. So like that's just that's just their offense, and that's what you have to deal with. But they, they're both solid wide receiver three options, even in a matchup that may not be great. What about Greg Olson? <clears throat> what about Greg Olson? Greg Olson's like when when it comes to Greg Olson at this point, it's he's kind of he, like Jimmy Graham. He's like this. It's like he's like a images. slightly better version of Jimmy Graham. Yeah, just because he's slightly more involved, and you got to kind of have to like pick and choose your matchups against Green Bay, who has been solid against outside wide receivers. So as it may be, they're not great against the tight end. Ah, uh, they're right in the middle of the pack, fourteenth yeah, in DVOA. Fourteenth, so it's not like it's a bad matchup for Greg Olson, but it's also a guy who hasn't surpassed five receptions since. Excuse me, hasn't surpassed four receptions since week th- three. So he hasn't had double digits since week three. Oh, the only time he scored a touchdown was week three against Arizona. It's it's tough to trust Greg Olson, but against Green Bay and the way the tight end landscape is, you kind of have to. Let's go over to our next game, the Rams at the Steelers. Um, let's start with the Steelers because Mason Rudolph was horrible in fantasy last week. And that meant Juju sucked, Deontay Johnson sucked. So, how do you feel about the pass catchers? Do they bounce back in this game against the Rams? I mean, this is why I haven't been high on, like, Deontay Johnson, even though he's been having solid games, because you knew something like this was possible. And boy, was it terrible last week. Indianapolis plays a zone defense that doesn't really allow big plays to happen, so that might have been it. But, damn, it was disgusting. Against the Rams, the Rams' defense is not great. Yeah, they have Jalen Ramsey. Hopefully, he's not shadowing Juju, or that would suck for Juju. But Deontay Johnson someone I'm not super interested in as more than a flex play. I have him at 41. Juju I have at 20. Both of them obviously have the low floors, and the ceilings really aren't that high either. Uh, Juju's become a every week, every other week player as well. 16-3, 15-1, one, 19-3. If we're looking at patterns, it doesn't matter if Ramsey's on him this week. I mean, that's the most unscientific thing I've ever heard. But do it not work. Do not rely on the every other week pattern. Um, no, of course not. Until it happens again. Woo. So far, James Conner might play. Yeah. Did not practice today, but they're hopeful. With that being said, the Rams are, I just had it in front of me. The Rams are, there you go, 27th in the league in DVOA against the pass catcher out of the backfield. James Conner is low-key one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. If he does play, locked and loaded. James Conner. If he doesn't play, Jalen Samuels caught 13 passes last week. You got to love yourself some Jalen Samuels again. And Trey Edmonds didn't practice. Wade Phillips is a genius because he just decided, because he's one of the best coaches of all time, and then he became a defensive coordinator, and he said, let's look at today's NFL. Everyone's passing. All right, so then let's just let people run on us. Who cares about the run game? So, of course, you want to start a running back against the Rams. The issue is that Jalen Samuels is barely a running back. Uh, eight rushes for 10 yards. Are you kidding me? This is the guy that people said was going to take James Conner's job in the offseason. Getting outrushed by Trey Edmonds. Are you kidding me? So, I like the outlook a lot more if James Conner is healthy um, for the running backs. Because Samuels, you're really just counting on a lot of checkdowns. And if it's not a PPR league, especially. Because Samuels sucked in standard last week. 
Uh, if it's PPR, it's a completely different story. But relying on checkdowns like that, I'd I'd much I'd be much happier if James Conner got the nod. Yeah, I got Samuels at nineteen, assuming Conner's out, of course. If Conner plays, Samuels is not really an option more than maybe a mid middling flex option, but I'd move Connor up considerably. Is your refrigerator running? Then go catch it. You've been running through my mind all day. Vance McDonald, how do you guys feel about him? Then go catch uh, it. Refrigeration. I just got that. Uh, he's been pretty dreadful as well. I mean, there's no other way around it. Although last week he was the bright, the the lone bright spot because he caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he's a touchdown dependent tight end, but really. When we're talking about tight ends nowadays, we're really just talking about touchdown dependency, right? I mean, like, he had a season really... a season high in targets and receptions, and that turned into five for 30 with a touchdown. So it's still not a great game. Um, Nick Vanette is stealing work as well. I have him as my tight end 12 just because he did see those seven uh, targets last week, and seven targets for a tight end is like gold at yeah, this point. So He's 20th in true throw value, so he's... According to that, he's a worse option than Eric Ebron, Darren Feld. Well, like Darren Feld is on by. The thing is, he's a worse option per target, right. but he's getting seven targets to Ebron's three. So when you do the math well, that way, he's a better play. No, because that's what true throw value does, guy. <laughs> it measures the value of the targets. Right. But not if just you, the quantity. Right. but you, So the value of McDonald's target is less than Ebron's target. Yeah. But if he's seeing more volume, then each of those targets accumulated is more than Ebron's targets accumulated because it's seven to three. Unless Ebron for is this, is double as good as Vance McDonald. For this one week, seven to three would probably make McDonald higher. Right. Yeah. That's all what right. I'm saying. That's it. That's all. That's, that's all, it, folks. That's all. That's all. Uh, let's go over to the Rams side. Brandon Cooks, again, officially out. He's probably going to be out for a while. Wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come back at all this season. Um, the Steelers have been a much better defense, a marginally better, I mean, a marketedly better defense uh, without, I mean, with Minka Fitzpatrick coming in in that safety role. So with that being said, um, how do you feel about these pass catchers? Cooper Cup has been a bona fide number one running back, I mean, a wide receiver. And Robert Woods has been eh. Josh Reynolds in his one game was good. So how do you feel about these pass catchers against the Steelers secondary that's much improved? Why are we seeing more love for Josh Reynolds? We gave him love in the in the episode last week. Yeah, I, I mean job well done. Cause, dude, sorry, my laptop just decided it's not gonna type. It's just making weird noises when I hit my button. So I lost my train of thought. But Josh Reynolds has always been good. When he's the third receiver in uh, Los Angeles. And I feel like he's just not getting enough respect here. Uh, he's not really ranked. I, I think he's a solid flex play. Like right now I have AJ Green in my lineup. And if he can't go, I'm going to not feel bad at all about starting Josh Reynolds. Yeah, facts. I don't know. Look, the um, the offense in L.A. has not been the same this year as it was last year. Cooks and Woods have been barely usable week in week out and it's not like josh reynolds is better than brandon cooks yes he had a good uh game once cooks went down but i don't think he's more than like a flex play this week and see how it goes going forward i got cup as a cook cup geez cup as a wide receiver one of course he's been an absolute stud this year woods i have as a high end wide receiver three definitely helps his prospects a bit with cooks going down because he should be targeted more and he was already getting targeted 
a decent amount. And then Reynolds is more of a flex play for me. Uh, what about Todd Gurley? He's so hard to predict. Yeah. It's not a tremendous matchup here against Pittsburgh. Like you said, Pittsburgh has been great. Uh, outside of the weeks like one and two, Pittsburgh has been a very good defense. Huge turnaround from what they were in the beginning of the season. But, I mean, coming off a bye, you got to think. Like, it, Sean McVay supposed to be his offensive whiz, right? Last year, the week, year before that, it, it was great. You got to think coming off a bye, they're going to at least put out a decent performance, which means Todd Gurley's going to have a solid game. And he, he only had 10 touches uh, the week prior to the bye against Cincinnati, but they didn't really need him to touch the ball a lot against Cincy. Against Atlanta, 19 touches against Seattle, 18 touches. I think it goes more to that territory this week. I have him as my RB14. Uh, Should be involved. Has a good shot to find the end zone. If they're going to score, wouldn't be shocked if it's Todd Gurley. Uh, what about Todd Jared Gurley Goff? Has 81 receiving yards this season. Yeah, crazy. What about Jared Goff? 81. yeah it's bad uh jared goff is Uh, interesting as a streaming option but on the road in pittsburgh is not a great spot for goff coming off the bye is the only reason why i like him a little more than i would if he wasn't because goff on the road is not is not great i agree um he's been good in good spots per usual Tampa Bay, he killed him. Atlanta, he killed him. Cincinnati, he killed him. Was respectable against Seattle. Against Carolina, he put up 10. Against San Francisco, he put up 1. The Pittsburgh defense has been a lot better this season. Uh, Jared Goff has never been too good on the road. I'm not really digging Jared Goff this week. Uh, Let's go over to the Sunday night matchup. The Vikings at the Cowboys. These Cowboys are on Sunday night or Monday night every single week. It's crazy. Um... Sunday night football on MSG. <laughs> we got a shout-out. Jack and the boys are the best on TV. All right, already with your made-up songs. Uh, let's start with the Cowboys, Dak and the boys. Uh, Amari Cooper with a surprise injury. He was limited in practice today. He They expect him to play, but he is a little hobbled. This um, guy's banged up every game now, apparently. Yeah, with that being said, though, he's still a stud, and uh, I, he's a full goal for me against the Vikings. Yeah, good thing he caught that 45-yard touchdown pass. Otherwise, he would have had a complete dud performance but good thing he did because he did and going against minnesota xavier rhodes has not been good this season uh trey waynes has not been good this season so it's a it's a matchup to exploit i have amari cooper as my wide receiver six i even have michael gallup as my wide receiver 15 i think it could be similar to last week where they both score touchdowns gallup only has two receptions last week but he had the six targets they he hasn't been super involved of late. I just I think he has a very good shot to really open it, open this game up against Minnesota. Jason, how do you feel about Zeke in this matchup against the Vikings defense that's been good against the run? Uh, Zeke in prime time is always a is always a good spot. Last week he didn't find the end zone, so his numbers don't look too good. But I mean, twenty three rushes for one hundred thirty nine yards. He's passed one hundred rushing yards each of the last three games. He's looked a lot stronger in the second half of the season. He's looked like he's good to go, though. The the concerning thing, no targets last week. Tony Pollard had four, I believe. But I feel like that's just an anomaly. One of those weeks where it was just odd. Uh, Pollard also back-to-back plays screwed up targets. Just saying. He, he was in the end that. zone, one yeah. of them, where he just like didn't see the ball. And then the next and one, he, he just dropped the screen. the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So 
he definitely didn't earn his way to more playing time there. So Zika Zeke, my man. Zika to Zika, Zika to Zika. Uh, Michael mentioned Michael Gallup. What about Jason Witten? Four catches, four targets is his standard. Yeah. He actually essentially he had a he had a bigger game than that last week against the Giants. He actually he had nine targets, which he is did. hilarious. Eight for fifty eight. And then Blake Jarwin gets one catch and runs it in for forty yard touchdown, being super athletic, but they still think Jason Witten is the one who deserves to get the playing time. I mean, he's been respectable. Jason Witten's targets is funny. It's four 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 seven four nine. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. But Minnesota's not even a good matchup for Witten, so it's super low floor, he's, man. He's tenth in true throw tar- uh, target value. Just I don't think he's it's been seeing consistent targets. I don't think it's that crazy. It's to also because Dak Prescott's passes have been valuable. Yes, that is the case. So yeah. you hope he finds the end zone. If not, you hope that it's a PPR league or something because he's he has a nice catch percentage too. When he gets thrown the ball, he catches it. Minnesota right in the middle of the pack, 15th in DVOA against the tight end. All right, let's go over to the Vikings well, Dak side. Dak Prescott, uh, just saying, I'm not shying away from him this uh, this game. Outside of one one game where he put up nine against New Orleans, he's been 18 has been his lowest output. So I'm still starting Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak is an every week start. Let's go to the Vikings side, though. Uh, Kirk Cousins coming a bit back down to earth after Crazy Kirk. Chuskies. Bless you. Um, after Crazy Kirk, uh, that you know what that is. That's that's the. Why are you calling him Crazy Kirk? Is that what I can't I can't make up a nickname. I don't know. You I'm just call allowed. him Crazy Kirk. You as can, if it's like this. You no can come nickname. out of nowhere with SpongeBob lines and to Jiminy random... Cricket Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about oh, man Adam, Adam Thielen going down again. Sucks. Let's give him something to talk about. Shut up. <laughs> Adam Thielen going down again sucks, but that means good things for Stefan Diggs. What do you think about these patch catchers? Olabissi? Olib- Yo, when did Olabissi Johnson become Bissy Johnson? DirecTV, uh, Fox, uh, Not Spectrum, even the Red Zones. They just all call him Bissy Johnson as if Ola is just not a part of his name. I don't get it. It's Olabissi Johnson. Bissy. I was watching the game and someone goes... And B.C. Johnson catches the touchdown. I turned to Michael. I was like, who the fuck is B.C. Johnson? It's very <laughs> rare that we don't know who catches a touchdown. Like, Michael just goes, yeah, when did they stop calling him Ola Bissy? And I was like, wow, that's that's <laughs> him, dude? <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> like, when do they change his name? Yeah, it's strange. But look, last week was pretty hilarious. Like, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph, all these guys, Ola Bissy Johnson... And then Stefan Diggs went one for four, even without uh, Adam Thielen. Do not expect that to happen again, even with Byron Jones probably likely shadowing Stefan Diggs. This is the same guy who's coming off three straight performances where he put up at least 140 yards. Don't forget that. So I'm firing up Stefan Diggs happily. He's my wide receiver nine this week. Just so you know, on Twitter, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his Twitter handle is. D H A sickest, um, the running Darius guys. Darius guys. He said, "Let's do this again." So he looks like he's gonna be ready for week eleven. Just putting that out there. Well, that's random. Yeah, very random. Um, what about these? What, I mean, Dalvin Cook. Hell you got Kuiper's it. calling him right now. With the news. <laughs> the thing with the Vikings in the past few years, and it's always been the same, is you know where their offense is coming from. You know it's how coming from Diggs. 
It's coming from, in this case, Johnson because not there. It's coming from Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's going to put up points. I mean, there's no surprises when it comes to the Vikings. Yeah. Although Kyle Rudolph right. has been seeing a little bit of an uptick. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph is trying to revive himself from the fantasy dead out of nowhere. It's been interesting because Kyle Rudolph basically became the guy where you hear his name and you're like, ha, ah, like, why would you ever start Kyle Rudolph? And now he's had some pretty solid efforts in uh, consecutive weeks. So he's an interesting name. I still don't want to start him um, against Dallas, but tight ends who score touchdowns are valuable and he scored a touchdown in two of the last three weeks and has at least three receptions in four straight guys adam thielen is out and kirk cousins is third in true throw value so it's not that crazy to think that kyle rudolph is a good play there you go there's jason's dart um, i'm claiming a dart for you bro i'd rather him than who's the tight end you guys were saying earlier I don't know. You're saying some crazy shit about someone. <laughs> Let's go over to the Seahawks at the 49ers, the Monday it's night game. Monday night. Usually, the Monday night games have been terrible recently. This is a good one. Solid Sunday and Monday night this week, man. Yeah, this is a really good one. Uh, for Seahawks at 49ers. I'm going to be in front of my television for this one, that's for sure. Um, let's start with the 49ers. Uh, last week, Tevin Coleman dudded after putting up 39 points. Yeah, he did. I don't expect him to do that again. Uh, I expect both of these guys in the backfield, Coleman and Brita, to have good games as they always do. It's pretty crazy what happened last week with Tevin Coleman when you think about it. To go from that huge game to an absolute dud against Arizona of all teams, but it shows you the floor and ceiling that comes along with a timeshare running back. But I'm with you. I'm not shying away. I have him as my RB 16 this week against Seattle, and I expect this. To, I don't expect this game to be a defensive battle. Seattle's defense has been really bad actually. They're just Russell Wilson is keeping that entire team afloat at a seven and two record. It's pretty nuts what they're able to do. Russell Wilson's a clear MVP in my book. But yeah, Tevin Coleman, I mean I'm starting him this week as RB two, especially with uh the bye weeks that are going down. You have to feel excited about Tevin Coleman bouncing back against Seattle. And even Matt Breida as a flex option, RB two if you have to. I prefer him as a flex because his touchdown potential he just has one game this season with a touchdown, and he scored two in that game, but you just can't trust him to find the end zone, so you need him to put uh, a high yardage total to be productive. That is correct. I feel like Tevin Coleman, too, just because he had that four-touchdown game and expectations got so high, I feel like people are making his dud seem like it, it's worse than it is. He still had 12 carries. Two catches, four targets. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not panicking. As a yeah. ten, I own Tevin Coleman. I have stock in him in almost every team that I own. Stacks. I'm not worried at all because he still got the same. He got the touches. It's just that they passed for touchdowns. They don't usually pass for touchdowns. Garoppolo had three touchdowns, so you don't usually see that out of a 49ers offense. So you're not gonna see that usually out of a 49ers offense. They prefer to run in the red zone. So I think it's an anomaly, and I think that you're gonna see. You're going to be, he's going to be just fine. That is correct. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Speaking I about, it, actually, speaking about the pass catchers, uh, Dante Pettis had a touchdown last week. Nope. That's he how I not. feel about Dante Pettis. Oh, no. No, I'm just, I'm just saying no, nope as in, yeah, yeah, no. I didn't yeah, mean he, nope as in. But you're correcting me. I'm like, yo, I saw it. Guys, you made Patrick it. Peterson look like a fool. Yeah, guys, I saw it happen. <laughs> I meant nope as in, I'm not starting Dante Pettis this week. Emmanuel Sanders? 
Emmanuel Sanders is absolutely starting, but Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to need to throw four touchdowns and 300 yards again against Seattle like he did against Arizona. Arizona, they just destroyed them through the air and stuck with it. That was the first time Jimmy Garoppolo had to actually carry the team, and he played well, but I don't expect that to be the case against Seattle either. So I don't see how you could trust anyone outside of Sanders who has been great for San Francisco since he got traded there. I have Emmanuel Sanders as my wide receiver 14. And yeah, and of course, George Kittle, who... George Kittle, like I like I said, George Kittle, everyone keeps saying like, oh, well, not everyone keeps saying, just, you know, it seems like he's kind of having a down season when you hear his name because of the one touchdown, uh, two touchdowns, but he's had three touchdowns called back by penalty as a George Kittle owner. It's super annoying and frustrating, but I mean, he had one game this season with less than 54 receiving yards total. This dude's going to get you 75 to 100 yards probably, maybe find the end zone, catch five to seven passes. He's about as consistent and is a simple option to just stick in your tight end position as you could possibly find. So Seattle is 25th in the league in DVOA against the tight end too. Yeah, sign me up. Yep. They have struggled. They, they should struggle. Be a, should be a high-scoring game too. Uh, if anyone's going to score against this defense, it's the MVP Russ. Speak, let's go to the, the MVP Russ side. Um, sorry. We're going to go over to – so all of a sudden the Seahawks offense, when you finally think you got to figure it out, here comes Josh Gordon. I don't. He's not going to play this week, right? I don't think he's getting ready yeah, to play He might. Week. I don't know. That's I haven't heard a report out of that. Can you check on that, Michael? Can you vet that for me? So, yeah, I mean, he's I'll, healthy I'll enough to play. All right, so Michael's checking on that. So, look, DK Metcalf now for two straight games has had over 20% of the market share in that, in that team. He's – Earning the trust of Russell Wilson more and more. He's basically like Jason, not for nothing, called on week three. He's a weekly start. And Jason told you he was going to be a weekly start way earlier than everyone else did. And here he is. It's looking like he's on track to play. Honestly, all right, you could keep talking about Metcalf. How does this affect Metcalf? I don't think it affects Lockett. It's funny because. Go ahead, go ahead. I was. It's funny because David Moore was my guy in this offseason for this reason. And then once he got injured, DK Metcalf really stepped up nicely. Uh, but, Michael, you can go. I just wanted to say that. I was going to say, I think Gordon and Metcalf are both bad plays this week. Perfect spot. You know, everyone's like, yeah, Metcalf coming off that big game. They're going against Sam Fran. And let's not forget that Metcalf has a very low floor. Like, not a very low floor, but he has games. He has three games, this four games, excuse me. This year, under 10 half EPR fantasy points. That's very viable option to happen again. Now, if Josh Gordon returns as well, it might steal some work from Metcalf. I don't really like either this week. Definitely not starting Josh Gordon against San Fran. But Metcalf, I have his wide receiver 37, even after that big game last week. So, you're not For starting Metcalf. Good. I'm very upset they got Josh Gordon. Yeah, me too. So, you're not starting Metcalf or Gordon, right? Where do you have Russell no, Wilson? I still start Metcalf. No, I'm talking to Michael. Where would you have? Where do you have Russell Wilson ranked? Um, I have Russell Wilson ranked at number five. So he's gonna have to throw two touchdowns or more to be fit five. You think he throws two touchdowns to Tyler Lockett? No. Well, he uses his legs too. He has Tyler Lockett. He has tight ends that he throws to. He spreads the ball around, man. He's Chris Carson. So how do you feel about Tyler Lockett and Jacob Hollister? I, mean, I have Tyler Lockett as my wide receiver ten. Jacob Hollister, like, let's relax a bit. You know, he had one good game ever in his life. Remember when he was on um, on New England and people wanted him to do good? 
and that didn't happen either. <laughs> so it's like, yes, he had a good game, but chill. I have him as my Yo. tight end 18. He definitely, he definitely, uh, it was interesting what happened, and he's back on the, ra- he's on the radar now for the first time ever, but I'm not trusting him this week by any means. Tyler Lockett has officially reached his most receptions in a season already. He already has nice. 59. His previous high was 57. All th- all three of us were all over the Ty Lockett train going this 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 off season. He was going at ADP like fifth round steal. Um, yeah, 100%. with that being said, how about these running backs who weren't really needed last game? So they kind of had a little bit of an off game. Definitely will be needed again this game. Uh, Chris Carson is an obvious start, even though he's going against a ba- a good defensive yeah. line. Why are you saying running back? Yeah, you don't start Rashad Penny. Period. And you start Chris Carson. Period. It's as simple as that at this point. Chris Carson's the man there. He's a stud. Very tough matchup here with San Fran, but you gotta you gotta ride it out. I mean, he even put up twelve against Tampa Bay, though sixteen rushes, one hundred five yards. We know how bad that de- that how difficult that defense is. You'd like to see more targets. Uh, week one ended up being just a tease, but he's still involved a little bit there. So, as he just needs to find the end zone for it to not be a disappointing day. Yep. I think that's it. That is it. Uh, that is all for this. But we're not done yet. No, no, no. Because. No, 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 no. Revive. We're alive. It's time. To thrive. Five. What, Jason what? is going to give us his best plays. And we are going to comment on whether we like it or we don't like it. All right. So before I start, I just want to say as the um, host of this game, you guys need to just shut up and play my game. Because last week we did too many. Nah, nah, nah. We give the people. Nah, we do the people. Give the people a little more. We did do like nine (laughs) last week. We did. It was was a bit much. (laughs) All right. Number one, Alvin Kamara, at home against Atlanta, over under seventy and a half rushing yards. Over. Seventy and a half rushing yards. First game back. Over. What are the numbers? Over is one ten. Under is ninety. Over. It. This is one I'd abstain from. I like over. All right, Devontae Adams, home against Carolina. Five and a half receptions, over eighty-five, under one fifteen. That's interesting. I don't see how he. I don't see how he has less than five receptions. I'm five or less receptions. I'm staying away from this one. Yeah, and the over is not enough points to really want to do it. You suck at this now. (laughs) What happened to you? Saquon Barkley, one hundred twenty and a half total yards, over under both even a hundred. The G men get the Jets. I'm going over. Over, way over. Way over. It's a lot Way of yards. Over. Yeah, I agree with the over. This seems like an easy one too. Swinston two and a half total touchdowns plus interceptions over eighty five under one fifteen. Oh, that's why. Oh, I mean, I think the over yeah. is the best bet here, but they only get eighty five points, so I'll try probably probably stay away from that one. All right, last one. Marlon Mack on his on week against Miami <laughs> at home. 87 and a half total yards. Over. Over. What's yeah. the, what? Seems like an easy over. He's right? going 22 rushes for 130, guys. Write it down. Give us one more. <laughs> you want one more? One more. All right. I'll this give is you fun. one more, kid. This is fun. What about Actually, Thursday? You have a Thursday slot? Yeah, I got a Thursday, kid. Let's, Let's get it. a Thursday slot in there. You, you want to do? All right. We've been killing the Thursday games. That's been our fort. That's been our moneymaker. Melvin Gordon. Chicken money maker. 59 and a half rushing yards over 95 under 105. Uh, it's a good value with the under. 
and he might just do the I passing think it's a good yards. Value with the under too. But he had 20 for 80 last week. And Oakland's bad against the run. Oakland's no, bad Oakland's good against the run. I mean, they're they're the, the, they're, they're, right, anti, right, they're the anti Rams. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's uh, tough. I'd I probably go under. Derek yeah, Carr. I think the under's a good one. I take the under. Derek Carr, one and a half total touchdowns and interceptions, over seventy-five. Under decent here, one twenty-five. I take in that. these small slates. I take the one twenty-five here. Yeah, same. All right. All right, we good. That's it. We gave away. We gave away like eight again. Michael, where can they find you? Motherfuckers. Mike underscore Petrop. Jason. At Jason Petrop. You can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling frisky. real, real, real frisky. Shout out to all of the fans. We love y'all. Visit us at BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto Fantasy, including true throw value and true target values, which is a stat you will only find on our website. That gave you people like DK Metcalf. That gave you people earlier like Curtis Samuel. That gave you these guys that are coming to light now. On top of that... um, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash brotofantasy to help us out. We'd appreciate it. And you also get a bunch of extra stuff, including an extra episode every single week. We will be live on Twitter all week. Hit us with your questions. I'll be there all week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at brotofantasy. We tweet every single touchdown as they happen. So make sure that you are on that, especially if like you're getting dragged to your mother-in-law's birthday, which I'm getting dragged to in two weeks. Your mother-in-law's birthday, and you need your updates. I'm going to be getting my updates straight from the Brodo Bros. That's where I'm going to be getting my updates from in two weeks. Just say so you know. Just say so you know. All right, mother-in-law? All right, mother-in-law? All right, guys. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Uh, peace. Yikes. Later. Later.